Oh man, Trey, look up at the sky. It's a full moon on the Sabbath. This is scary. Break it down. I was working late on my half Torah when I heard a knock on my bedroom door. I opened it up and to my surprise, there was a werewolf standing there with glowing gold eyes. He says, Tomorrow, my son, you will be a man. But tonight's the time to join the Wolfen clan. Tomorrow, you will stand at the beamer and pray. But tonight, let's gaze at the moon and bathe. Werewolf for mitzvah, spooky, scary. Wolves becoming men, men becoming wolves. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Movie Flex Double Feature. We're not that scary. We promise. Me. I, of course, is Steven, aka at Estes, here joined as I am every week by Matt, aka at Posting Crawl. Matt, how's it going? Yo, it's going good. The only podcast that we say "I'll woo" to the full moon, right? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're a we're we're a podcast. Like we don't record on full moons uh, because we're a little busy on those nights. If you know what I mean. Exactly. I don't know why I'm trying to get people to think that we're scary monsters because there's going to be like some great 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 grandson of Van Helsing that's listening to this and he's going to be like, now I have to kill these guys because they're werewolves and they do a movie (laughs) podcast and uh, I know what my mission is now. You'd be like, I banish you, devil strong. It's like Anthony yeah. Hopkins. I so that, so some some Zoomer Anthony Hopkins is going to show up to my door. <laughs> Zoomer uh, Anthony Hopkins. Because <laughs> he's the descendant, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Speaking Latin and shit. But yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sure you just heard a really scary intro that I edited that I'm going to do because it's Halloween. But yeah, uh, uh, today we're talking werewolves, so you know, uh, get your wolf's bane out, get your silver bullets, uh, you know, all that, all that junk. Why don't you try getting a haircut, you dirty wolf, <laughs> you stinky, <laughs> smelly wolf? Probably got dingleberries in your butt. Uh, maybe depending on what kind of werewolf. But yeah, uh, this week it's just me and Matt. Um, we're talking werewolves. It's Matt's picks. Uh, obviously, we'll get into the double feature in a bit. Uh, this is a subject that is of deep deep importance to to my colleague to my peer to my to my friend um and yeah so i'm really excited because i love when he's passionate about stuff it makes stuff fun but before that um let's just complain and talk about some weird stuff and who's being stupid and mean on twitter i'm just kidding it's time for the news (laughs) no uh (laughs) yeah movies Uh, we've been watching maybe yeah 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 no no yeah yeah um yeah Matt, what have you been watching outside of this? Also, you know, again, anything you want to talk about? There was a lot. Okay, I, I'm just skirting around it. There was a lot of news today, and I don't want to talk about it because it's kind of a bummer. And I want to have a happy Halloween. I've been having a pretty happy Halloween. And, you know, uh, yeah, it is true that the scariest things in life are are real, you know? The scariest monsters are not monsters at all. They're just regular people and you know, corporations and stuff, but, uh, <laughs> whatever, uh, Matt, what else have you been watching, uh, outside of this week's double feature? Yeah. So, um, I recently subscribed to a good corporation. We could say if there are such a thing, uh, shutter, mm-hmm. um, a good streaming service that I, I recently did the seven day free trial uh, expired, but I've been watching, um, Eli Roth's history of horror. Cause I listened to the podcast. Mm hmm. Because the the podcasts are free, like on the podcasting app, the uh, yeah, Shutter actually has the series, and 
it's yeah, a bunch yeah. of interviews with horror creators and actors and fans and um you know academics and and everything and they essentially pick a subject each episode to talk about mm. so there's like a vampire episode there's like a zombie episode so it's like major like horror stuff and they mm. kind of chart like important movies within that subgenre like uh possession was one ghosts is one haunted houses like all these different things it's very interesting because like i've been such on a like a horror movie kick this month um out, even outside of the podcast i've been mm. watching nothing but horror movies and so that's why i subscribed to shutter because i've been really enjoying it like a lot of people i know it uh they will watch horror movies for the month of october and they say oh i'm kind of like burnt out on horror movies like i don't want to yeah. just watch horror movies right but like for me I've literally been like, I want to watch nothing but horror movies. I want to keep watching mm-hmm. nothing but horror movies, which has been an, an interesting thing. So like um, outside of uh, history of horror on shutter, um, which again, like I highly recommend if you like horror movies, it's an incredible show. Um, yeah. I, I recently watched, I've been filling in some blind spots for me um, with regards to like horror and horror adjacent. So like um, I did watch, uh, we're not going to talk too much about it, but I watched black Christmas um i watched rosemary's baby and today actually before we recorded i watched dog soldiers so oh sweet yeah, yeah i saw you uh post that you were watching dog soldiers which i haven't seen i have seen black christmas i told you one of my favorites um you did a thing of like your top like you asked your mutuals like what's your favorite horror movie right and you know how much i love halloween i mean i don't have to tell you right like all the times i saw it as a kid but i also i was like ah you know i don't want to that's such an obvious answer i ended up going with the hunger by tony scott because tony scott it's uh david bowie it's fucking awesome this is a cool movie but yeah the other one that i debated was maybe saying was black christmas but uh I don't know if you had seen it by then, but yeah, it's a, it's not very conventional. It like doesn't, cause it's like, it's the proto slasher. So it doesn't ha- know all mm-hmm. the rules yet. It's really cool. It's super interesting. Like you said, uh, Bob Clark, right? The same director as uh, a Christmas story. Christmas story. Uh, yep. Very, very cool. Like very, uh, as you said, very cool resume. Um, baby geniuses as well we should say that's how for most people yeah. probably know him. Porky is, Oh man, I didn't tell you this when you mentioned it earlier, but, um, I saw Porky's once when I was like really young. It is a fucking disgusting movie. It is like, cause you know, I think it was maybe when like American Pie had come out and there was a lot of things like, Oh, the greatest, you know, teen comedies or whatever. You know, I was a big nerd reading entertainment weekly when I was nine or whatever. So like, <laughs> uh, so I, 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 you know, in my family had mentioned it too. They were like, Oh yeah, he puts his dick in a hole. You know, <laughs> like that was, that was back when like, mo- like, you couldn't watch any movie at any time. So like instead like of Googling it, like people would just tell you like, Oh, American pie. You'd be like, yeah, he put his dick in a pie. <laughs> but mostly it was a lot of just telling you what a guy put his dick in, in a movie, you know? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Mostly uh, we had judged movies back then. No, but uh, I watched it. Even then I was like, God, this is, you know, I mean, I'm a pretty, I was probably maybe 18. I mean, I was, you know, a pretty horny kid or whatever. I would have loved to have seen boobs, but I was just like, this is gross. This is a gross movie. It's disgusting. It's like, it is really nasty. I, I haven't seen it, like I said, in over 20 years. So like, um, good luck. Uh, if anyone uh, out there decides they want to take the leap, I don't think I have any need to go back and rewatch it, but I want to say more importantly, I'm super stoked that you got shutter. Uh, like I said, I've had it for the past few years. I'm the same way, dude. I, I watched mostly horrors this month, uh, with a few yeah. exceptions, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, 
you know, it'll be summer and I'll just have like a hankering for horror. You know, maybe I want to write something that's like horror and I'll be like, oh, let me do some research. I do that a lot. But yeah, there was a, this year I was, you know, getting a lot of recommendations from our friends. Uh, and one of my favorite things about uh, Shudder is like they do have a lot of really cool stuff. They have like slashers. They have like popcorn um, movie called Popcorn. That's really good. They have like all the Maniac Cop movies. They have like really cool stuff. But my favorite part is like all the documentary stuff. Like, yeah, uh, it's it's really well curated and they have a lot of interesting like kind of retrospective shows on uh on horror mm-hmm. I think which is like a, a very interesting because i know like you know obviously like we talk about it all the time it's like horror is like a, a genre that a lot of people like to play in a lot of filmmakers get their start in horror but it's like mm-hmm. it's really interesting i mean like i like i said i was before we started recording i was watching the history of horror and that's like that's an incredible incredible show if you want like a crash course and like certain things like they talk about like some of the symbolism and like you know they say like witchcraft movies are about like it's like a male's way of dealing with like Mm. female sexuality and female power right and it's like this kind of like um you know i mean i've thought of before but i've never really had it solidified until like you know people like had women on the show talk about it Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, okay, like, this is obviously, like, you know, like, they, they said kind of something uh, about um, how it's just, like, abuse and everything is kind of just the world they live in, right? And that, like, a mm. lot of, uh, a lot of, um, it's like, what if women had the power to take revenge, you know, there's a lot of uh, witch movies and everything. So, yeah, Shudder's mm. really great all those types of things and of course like so i watched that and then like i said last night i watched black christmas which was you know an incredible mm-hmm. incredible film um it's like yeah and they creepy. recently um oh i was gonna say too they, they, they'll do stuff like uh they recently put up a george romero film that was like a lost romero film it was kind of like a industrial drive it wasn't great but like you know it's cool like they found like a lost george romero film they'll do shit mm-hmm. like that yeah it's it's um, very interesting and and like i think like thematically i wanted to get kind of in the mood for the the topic mm-hmm. today and that's why I, i'd never seen dog soldiers before and i was actually recommended that a couple years ago i uh, told my friend who's like a horror um he's like a horror guy right he's like a big horror a friend of the pod yeah. master right um so when he came on and, and he, he brought suspiria i actually asked him i said like what's some good werewolf movies because like you know he knew that Werewolves were my favorite movie monster, and he was like, mm. "Here's here's a list." So like he put he he was the one that turned me on a Ginger Snaps, which is one of the movies today. Um, but he said Dog Soldier. He said Dog Soldiers is just like a fun. It's like a fun horror movie. And I'm like, okay. So I watched it today, and uh, yeah, it was it's really it's about like a group of soldiers who kind of like stranded and kind of do this exercise, and they run into werewolves, right? And it's you know kind mm. of a classic werewolves in the woods movie. <laughs> Um, mm. yeah that, that's what i've been watching but what about you yeah that, uh, you oh, oh yeah um yeah and really quickly i wanted to recommend I, you'll probably end up watching it but they have a documentary they've actually made a sequel to it it's called into the heart it's called like i was like into darkness or heart i don't know and it's something like that it's like it's basically it's like a three or hour documentary or something about like mm. uh like all of those slasher or like horror films from like the 80s basically 
And uh, it's deceptively long. It's super easy to watch, right? Because basically they do a little intro where they like lay out, you know, it's, ta- it's a talking head doc, but they do have clips of the movies, which is one like small thing that there's certain docs that where they don't get to use the footage from the film that I'm not really too fond of those, but like mm-hmm. this one, uh, basically they do a quick intro and then it, the whole documentary is just like, they go like just film by film. They just like take a, you know, they just like go year by year and they just take like, you know, slasher movies, horror films, and they just have people talk about them. And uh, it's cool. Cause it's like, like I said, it's like three hours or something, but you can just pause it at any time, revisit it. You know, it's, because again, yeah. it's like these, it's broken up into segments about movies. Uh, <clears throat> and like I said, I loved it. I want to go out, rewatch it again. Cause if you ever wanted, like, a, if, like, there, there's so many good recommendations you can get from that. And like, again, yeah. it's people movies. And again, they made a sequel to it. So there's like five, six hours worth of this shit that, yeah, you should definitely check that out. And uh, yeah, Shitmaster Flash. I, he was the one who recommended me Popcorn, um, which uh, also starred. Well, not starred, but she was in it. D. Wallace uh, from today's, mm-hmm. I'm assuming our first film, right? Ha- the Howling? Yeah, The Howling. Star okay. Yeah. yeah, and so with that, yeah. Oh, great way to segue. Although, I'm sorry, I forgot to tell you. I did uh, watch Werewolf by Night. Uh, okay. What'd you think? Uh, yeah, man, I loved it. Like, um, yeah. it was cool it's seeing good, right? Gail... Yeah, it, it was really good. It, I was, it was cool seeing Gail Garcia Bernal. Uh, I don't... Most people will probably pick up on this, but... You know, this came out this month, the same month that Andor premiered. And, of course, Andor stars uh, Diego Luna. And, you know, Luna and Gael Garcia Bernal, they were both in Itu Maman Tambien together. They were both in Spanish telenovelas before that, or Mexican specifically. They're both Mexican actors. I want to say that. Specifically Mexican. That is very cool. Uh, but, yeah, so, like, to see them both in Dis- on Disney Plus on the same month is really cool if, you know, if you know those guys' history. Uh Itu Mama Tamien, go watch it. It's a great movie. Weird yeah, because good. like it like yeah, it was like I remember in the nineties when it came out, like my mom, like she wasn't into indie movies, but somehow all Mexican households knew about that movie and they were like, <laughs> Don't watch it, it's nasty. <laughs> like, you know, they didn't let us watch it. Uh but yeah, it's cool. Yeah, and uh really cool, like I guess format, because I guess with stuff like this where it's like not big enough to be a feature on its own. Like you could have stretched it out easily, right? You could have easily stretched this out into a tight ninety, put it out in theaters. But that's obviously not the model anymore. They want you know two hundred million dollar things that are going to be two and a half hours long. And so uh, I thought it worked yeah, really so well for fifty minutes. I thought it because like yeah, well it, no no that's what I'm saying like th- like stuff like this like stuff in this format like. Like, it's not going to get its own show. It's not going to get a theatrical release. But this will be... It's a TV movie, essentially, right? Like, this will be the way that these stories or these properties, I guess, get adapted. It's way more interesting to me than watching a series or even a lot... I mean, any of their movies, really. But yeah, it was really... You know, I I, want to say... I thought it was really unfair that they used Judy Garland at the end. That's not fair. Um, You made (laughs) me cry. You don't get to do that. You don't... You don't... That's not... That's not you don't get to do that, Disney. Shame <laughs> on you. But yeah, I cried. I loved it. I'm I'm sure the people who were involved in making it were really passionate people and really great at their jobs. And that's what's frustrating is that they uh you know, we can get stuff like this, you know, you know, sometimes, but uh yeah, it kinda it's apes, more the exception. Kind of apes the universal monster movie pretty well because not only is it a monster movie, it's got practical effects, it's in black and white. 
Um, mm-hmm. but it, that runtime too, like I said, like it's, you mm-hmm. know, it's like 57 minutes or something. It's almost yeah, an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So then that's like really close to, I mean, cause most of those universal monster movies are like 60 to 70 minutes long, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think it, yeah, I think that, it aped it really well. Yeah. That, that's about the length. Like if a horror movie goes over 90, like, uh, you're stretching it, man. Even, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm a big fan of, uh, quote unquote weird horror, you know, Lovecraftian shit. The thing is though, is that like that stuff doesn't um it doesn't translate to the screen well, right? Because it's like you read you read a weird you read a weird tale or whatever, and they're they they're describing this like unknowing like feeling of like godlessness or just like the most existentially horrific, dreadful thing. And like that's not, you know, that's a very like psychological thing. It doesn't really translate to well to screen, right? Because it's not scary monsters, and you know, mm-hmm. some people have pulled it off, but uh, but yeah, yeah, no, I thought, uh, yeah, I thought, uh, Werewolf by Night. Like I said, I love the cast. I like, you know, the Swamp Thing looking monster. I thought, you know, they didn't have Man an thing. annoying New Zealand. Ted. A Ted. His name is Man Thing in the Marvel comics. Yeah. Yeah, they um, literally just ripped off the like. I mean, they they're constantly ripping each yeah, other yeah, off, yeah. but like that is just a direct rip off of Swamp Thing. No, they, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I was like, yeah, the Swamp Thing guy. Yeah, um, yeah, it's straight up just Swamp Thing. Um, yeah, no, I thought you know you don't have an annoying New Zealand man doing his voice, and you know, wait, I'm you're glad you're glad I saved you, aren't you? You know, whatever. I can't do it in New Zealand, but you you get the you know. Saying, right like no they, it was just like uh, 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 like he was just kind of like yeah he kind of no, talks in like the guy like kind of does a quip but it's like a really bad one where he's like the 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 dead guy the ghoul like he's just like oh like it's of grave consequence mm-hmm. it's like okay that's that's funny because it's like a like a haunted house like trope mm-hmm. right like of having really shitty like crypt keeper humor you know but that's like it's yeah. fun but that's like way fun than the well the crypt the crypt keeper um, stuff is acceptable because yeah the quip the crypt okay look if there's one thing i know about the crypt keeper it's he loved it's that he loved quips okay so it i'll allow it right they didn't do it but you know there, there was a little bit um i mean whatever they didn't do it they didn't do a oh my god did you just activate that bomb oh my god i just think i just activated the bomb and it wasn't that stupid but like um you know it's pretty restrained as far as mary sansom i wanted to say uh yeah. we all know she was brilliant in a liquor's pizza and phantom thread and uh desperate housewives and everything she's ever been in a uh, brilliant performer just like uh yeah amazing they don't make them like they used to she's always if i like decided to be like one of these like guys who's like oh, i'm 40 i'm gonna be a character actor now she would be like probably the person that i would try to idol myself after just because she's so good at using acting with her face right mm-hmm. and she does all these weird little twitches and i'm like oh yeah that's where the money is <laughs> that's that's the money right there i can see pta seeing her and being like oh yeah that's that's <laughs> like that's, that's right the there. good sh- oh yeah yeah i mean yeah again her fucking s- s- show stealing scene like to say the least, you know, in Licorice Pizza. But yeah, she's amazing in this. You really fucking hate it. She's the wicked stepmother, basically. <laughs> um, yeah. And there's a thing, and, you know, uh, again, like, you know, it seems to be introducing, like, this sort of horror wing or whatever, like, this little section of the Marvel Universe. <laughs> Who knows what they're doing, man? But... Yeah, they should do a Dracula. Yeah, just do. Oh, yeah, good, that was Man. actually a, Mar- a horror Marvel comic I I read, Tomb of Dracula. That's uh, 
Really? Yeah, Tomb of Dracula is really good. Um, well, I was gonna say uh, again, Kills I didn't want to bring Strange up any... in it. <laughs> I do, I do want to bring up any bad news, but yeah, I think it was this week that uh, or last week maybe they announced that they were like pausing production on Blade or whatever. Um, yeah, whatever. I mean, that's already think... we already have a good Blade movie. We have two good Blade movies actually. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Don't yeah, need another yeah. one. All good. That's true, but you know, I do, you know, uh, despite Green Book, uh, which is, um, you know, we're just talking about Green Book off pot. <laughs> um, you know, uh, despite all that, I mean, Mahershala is amazing. Like, he was amazing in Moonlight. He was amazing in True Detective. Like, yeah, I, I would have liked to see him like tackle the role, but realistically, I don't know if I, I think there's a chance it doesn't come out just because he is he's pretty old. I mean, he's close to fifty, and so I don't. Hmm know if they can necessarily build a franchise around a guy i mean i say that like you can't build a franchise around a 60 year old action star but like look at fucking like i mean there are plenty of like ripped ass like older guys now you know jamie fox is like 60 i'd fucking he could still play play blade he's gonna play mike tyson or whatever or he's supposed to or has been supposed to for a while um yeah whatever ageism fuck it you know bad (laughs) get it out of here Shoo! Shoo ageism. <laughs> but with that, uh, yeah, let's get all the spooky monsters out of the door so we can have a nice discussion about movies. Nice, pleasant little discussion about film. With that, let's get into our double feature. Matt, explain yourself to the people. Yeah, so um, initially on my watch list, I had a rewatch of The Howling uh, mm. for for my, my October watch list, independent of the pod. I had a rewatch of The Howling, and then I had Dog Soldiers, and I was going to do either that or pair it with an American werewolf in London. Um, but you recently, like when I brought up my, how werewolves were my favorite monster, you asked, or you said, yeah, I guess it is kind of like a guy, like a, like a metaphor. Cause like, it's, it's about like getting hair. It's about <laughs> yeah, that, like, it's bestial, insane. like no, nature I... <laughs> and, and everything. So you yeah. said that you said that. And I said, this is perfect. Like I have mm. like the perfect, like female, horror movie anxiety and it's ginger snaps right and i'm like this is a, mm. I, I love werewolves because werewolves can be the most versatile monster in my opinion mm. right be the most versatile monster in terms of like what they mean allegorically um mm-hmm. so i'm bringing you two werewolf movies that are considered by many to be the great werewolf movies besides an american werewolf in london but i actually like mm-hmm. both of these movies better than american werewolf in london um mm-hmm. our first movie is well, no john landis so that's yeah. they're already off to a head start <laughs> so the first movie is um joe dante's the howling mm-hmm. and the second movie is ginger snaps and like um just to talk a little bit about the howling first off it came out i think it came out the same year as american werewolf in london right so it's like the the dueling werewolf movies off the bat one yeah practical effects right both of these movies are very big on practical Mm -hmm. effects um but yeah i I just wanted to i wanted to bring my favorite monster in the discussion so cool yeah no i mean i I was laughing because like I was literally just making it up as I went along. I was like, yeah, you know, werewolves are really like the most underutilized like monster, right? Out of all the classic monsters, they're like the one who you can do the most with and who people have done the least with, in my opinion. And I literally just started making up a movie of like, oh, what if it was a girl werewolf? And I'm, you know, maybe these things would happen. And I literally had never heard of Ginger Snaps before. I was just making it up as I went along. And then when I was watching Ginger Snaps, I was like, oh shit, this is literally the movie I was describing to Matt. Um, 
So, uh, you know, hey, look, you know, on the one hand, I'm a good writer. And the same, on the other hand, you know, hey, uh, it's not 2000s, okay? So maybe <laughs> I need to find a time machine or something. I'll go back to 1999 and sell the idea the day before that they sold it to uh, Bill Fawcett or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> or I'll just come to him with the idea the day before he started writing it. But um, yeah, um, great. Yeah, with that, let's get into the double feature. Um, obviously, as you said, uh, we're going to start off with 1981's The Howling, uh, directed by Joe Dante. Uh, love Joe Dante. He's one of our, he's, I mean, look, if, uh, he, he comes from the school of Corman, which very early in the film, there's a, uh, there's a cameo by Roger Corman. He's the guy outside of the phone booth. Roger Corman, of course, the great B movie producer director he's responsible for the careers of uh not only joe dante but other guys like uh james cameron steven spielberg uh francis ford coppola Martin scorsese basically anyone who's in, in, been any good ever <laughs> like he would he would just give them their first job because he made the cheapest movies and he would be like all right well i'll give you two thousand dollars or whatever and he's like you i want this this and this and they would go make the movie and then mm. Fox Carberth, or whatever, you know, Piranha 2. Uh, shit like that. Yeah, so Dante comes from that world. Um, I mean, obviously, I'd heard of, I mean, I knew about the Howling. This was on my, um, I hadn't seen it before, though, but this was on my, um, this was on my watch list for this month, my independent watch list. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to get around to it anyway. But yeah, um, yeah, it's a four banger for me. Like, it's mm-hmm. really good. Like, it's, it was a lot more slow building than I thought it would be, which I appreciated. Like, it almost felt like if you took, I don't want to mention this because we're not supposed to be, we filmed these uh, out of order a little bit, but so I don't want to like reference movies that we haven't had on the pod yet, but like, it's like, you know, later you would see like these Japanese horror films that were very atmospheric and slow building. And it's like, oh, if you told me like, give me a 90 minute, like commercial American eighties version of that, like, this would be, I think, the result, right? Because it is, like I said, it is very, like, it it, it doesn't just give it to, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's very well paced and stuff. It's a very quick 90 minutes, like, kind of flew by. Um, yeah, also, oh, when I saw Slim Pickens' name uh, in the credits at the beginning, I was hooting and hollering. Anytime Slim Pickens is in a movie, it's probably going to be a banger. <laughs> that man <laughs> kicks ass. <laughs> but yeah, what about you, Matt? Yeah, it's the exact same star ranking for me, actually. It's a four-star movie. Um, I actually, uh, I prefer the werewolves in this, and I prefer the movie itself to an Mm. American werewolf in London. I think that's like sacrilege. Everyone thinks like that's the best werewolf movie. But like this movie is where they have more traditional werewolves. And Joe Dante actually said in an interview, um, I'm not going to get too deep into it, just in my initial thoughts, but Joe Dante said in an interview where, um, he wanted, he set out to make the first werewolf movie where the characters have heard of werewolves. Um, mm. So he said this is one of the first productions that the characters, because they like watched the Lon Chaney Wolfman and like could mm. read about werewolves, right? It's like it's like most of the werewolf myth- mythos in in other werewolf movies are like I've heard of uh, like it, it could be an offhand like maybe I've heard of werewolves, you know. But it's mainly like, oh, these are like new things that we're just discovering. It's like a it's like a species mm-hmm. that we haven't really heard of, right? But like in our world, right, we've heard of werewolves. And it's like in Joe Dante's mm-hmm. world in World of the Howling, the werewolves are like, we've heard of them. Right? Um 
yeah, it's uh, it's incredible practical effects. Um, fu- another fun fact, just right off the bat, is the um, the effects supervisor for the Howling was a protege of the effects supervisor for an American Werewolf in London. So that's why. Um, if oh you, yeah. If you um, watch, if you well, if you've seen an American Werewolf in London, you realize the transformation themes are are almost like pretty similar, right? In in mm-hmm. style, and it's like oh, like it's just kind of like the eighties. Uh, way of transforming into a wolf, but no, it's because um, literally yeah. they, they one of them was a protege of the other. Yeah, I was going to mention this. It was Rob Bodden uh, who had worked. He had worked with Dante on Piranha One. Piranha One was Dante. Piranha Two is uh, James Cameron. Uh, but it, uh, yeah, Rick Baker, who we all know, uh, is he was originally going to do the effects, but then he left to do an American Werewolf in London, mm-hmm. and then so that's when they brought in uh, Rob. Uh, yeah, so like you said, yeah, so because Rob studied, you know, learned everything under Rick Baker or whatever. Um, yeah, so yeah, that's pretty interesting. Uh, and uh, yeah, like I said, I whatever, I still haven't seen an American Werewolf in London. I bought the 4K. Uh, it's just kind of been sitting there. You know, I'm not a huge fan of the Landis family in general. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. it's a good, it's cursed. a good, it's a really good movie. It's just like mm. for me, so like in the movie um, self. Uh, like like i think i told you this off mic maybe i told you on mic but like for me i really like the traditional like werewolf like oh it's like he's like invincible it's like an invincible killing Mm. monster like silver's the only way you can defeat it type type deal um but like in the but like in 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 uh, american werewolf in london that's not true it's just like a big wolf but uh the howling is an incredible incredible movie it starts off right like you said, D. Wallace. She's um in this movie. She's a news anchor. Um, she's getting these. Uh, oh, who, by the way, most people will know D. Wallace as the. She was a class. She was the eighties mother. She was the mom in um, E. T. and uh, what was the oh Cujo? Yeah. Um, but so essentially, she's a news anchor. She's getting these like letters from like a guy who's claiming to be like this killer. He's like a serial killer, you know. So she goes undercover with the police and her news stations doing like a, a sixty minutes almost style expose on uh, this guy. Um, and things go wrong. She starts having mm-hmm. these like really bad nightmares. Oh, and so yeah, I actually, I actually, I wouldn't. Sorry, I, I wanted to do this part just because uh i'm not trying to cut you off but i just want to because th- to me this is the platonic ideal of like a tight little 90 minute horror movie mm-hmm. so the structure is so neat and nice that you could it's very easy to teach so yeah i'm not gonna like cut you off but just yeah to like basically you have she's a news reporter and they're she's they're working with the cops to try to set up a sting and catch this like guy who they think is a killer by the way played by robert pardo who of course we all know is the doctor from star trek voyager obviously <laughs> right um don't recognize him under the makeup but that's bob picardo uh but then yeah inciting incident happens she meets with him something happens we don't really know because she doesn't remember he gets shot they think he's dead she's having trouble remembering and then yeah she goes if you want to continue it on yeah, so she goes to um, the doctor that wrote this self-help book. Um, 
right? He's a psychologist. Mm-hmm. He t- he recommends coming to his compound. And then, yeah, the compound is not what it seems. There's a bunch of weird people mm-hmm. there, weird cast of characters, right? Um, yeah. And it's not, not, not what it seems to be at all. I um, thought the second time watching the film and then hearing it confirmed in, like, again, the history of horror, like, where they, they're talking about this movie, is literally a critique of the 80s self-help boom. Oh yeah, yeah. no I was, no yeah. I, I I wanted to I wanted to mention that. Yeah, I have my thoughts on that. Yeah. I didn't pick that up until literally they're like, yeah, you know yeah. these like hippies in the woods that like are telling you mm. like a like a natural wellness retreat. These guys are monsters <laughs> like well, I, I can tell you why, how what, what ticked me off because yeah, I haven't seen that episode, but I had a similar conclusion, and I can tell you what p- p- uh, ticked me off to it. But yeah, just to pick up on my screenwriting lesson real quick, has the perfect like act one turning point. I think it happens like exactly at thirty six, the thirty sixth minute. Like basically, it's that she has a quick vision of what she, she saw, and we only see it like for a couple of seconds or like a second or whatever. But it's a werewolf, right? And then it has that like very classic like act one turning point thing where it shows the protagonist shocked and their eyes are really wide. And then it does the jaws uh, shot where it like they're zooming in or they're panning in, but they're zooming out with the lens or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, classic act one turning point uh, where now we know this is the first time I think we actually see a werewolf in the whole film. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what t- t- ticked me off, what tipped me off, not ticked me off, but what tipped me off to it was, um, there's one scene, I can't remember his name, but it's the guy who has all the silver bullets at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, basically on his desk, there's a copy of how by Allen Ginsberg. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, obviously how the howling. Okay. But I was like, okay, like why would Joe Dante put that right there? Right. Cause it's very intentional. And then I realized, I was like, oh, everyone in this movie is a boomer, right? Like, literally, like, they they would be the age of, like, baby boomers, right? Um, this, like, generation of people. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, because then you, again, maybe, I don't know, maybe I just watch too many documentaries. But in, um, you know, in the 70s, that generation after the 60s got really into self-help and new age stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And they got real weird with it. And I was like, oh, and it's about a psychiatrist, whatever, who, like, brings her to this commune, basically, you know, upstate or whatever. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, he's making fun of all the new age kind of things because it's like he takes their, you know, he takes their, uh, he takes her up there to heal her or whatever. But, you know, everyone there is actually a monster, right? And uh, also, really funny note: the uh, the doctor was really funny to me because he's extremely pompous. But the first time we hear him talk, I think he immediately starts talk saying stuff that's like very out of date. Like he's like, "Oh, well, she's clearly con- or he's he's clearly controlled by the left brain or whatever, yeah. like or the right side of the brain." And it's like, "Well, that that's not a thing. We know that now, and like that's outdated. We know that's not a thing." Um, yeah uh but yeah he was so pompous about it too but yeah no that's yeah sorry not trying to be like mr oh i i got this movie but yeah no i thought that that's what took me off and i was really excited because i didn't know yeah i guess it's cool that other people that that i guess uh, that i'm not making shit up i guess yeah i i thought what was really funny in the movie was the um what i not funny but what i love right in the movie uh in movies is when the news program or the teacher or whoever the, the 
mm-hmm. character of uh, and Helsing, whoever in a movie is giving a thematically important lesson that we see. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy that. And so like one of the, the whole thing is like the killer guy thinks he's a, like the whole thing is he thinks he's a werewolf. Right. And he's, and the doctor's mm-hmm. like, it's simply, you know, the werewolf myth has been around, you know, to explain the duality of man and like, Lycanthropy is a real thing. It's like where you think you're a werewolf, like you think you're a beast, but like this guy's obviously suffering from some sort of psychosis, right? And it's like obviously like a thematically important lesson he's giving. And 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 they cut to the and they cut to the guy, and it's the clip of that guy who is like, I am in all but physical form a werewolf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um it's a great movie. Uh, I think like it's not like a lot because like like we said, it's a really tight ninety. Um, so there's not like too much to it. It's like slow realization that the retreat is bad. O- obviously, spoilers for the movie would just like you know spoiled the entire thing. But like you know, it's called the Howling. It's about werewolves. <laughs> you know, it's a it's the the entire group of people is a werewolf. Um they're all different werewolves and stuff. And, and uh, yeah, the doctor who owns the communes, a werewolf, what they're trying to do is they're trying to essentially like raise cattle to feed off of like feed on. Um, and then there's some descent among the werewolves. But uh, one thing that's really interesting that I found in the movie, uh, probably my favorite shot was the, um, so, so most of the time, like a werewolf transformation scene is like, so it's it, it's really a big deal, especially in the '80s when practical effects were getting good. You know, they started like actually showing mm-hmm. the transformation scenes. Um, but before we get the werewolf transformation scene in this movie, we get uh, them. We get the the girl right and the girl wolf that lures um, D. Wallace's husband mm-hmm. away from her. We get her and and him having sex, and because she bit him as a werewolf to turn him. And so mm-hmm. we get them having sex and then both transforming into werewolves. And what it does is it cuts away. So it's like cutting to like them having sex and like, claw- like she's clawing him, scratching him. And she's like getting actual like werewolf claws. And she's got like the teeth and the eyes and he's got the teeth and the eyes, you know, they're like obviously having sex. So they're giving into their bestial side in that moment. It's like metaphor or allegorical as well as, you know, um, literal. And, uh, yeah. And then like it cuts away to like a, painting or something like a it's not like a a, it's not like an end camera it's like a wide like impressionistic like of them having sex and then turning into werewolves and then howling at the moon i thought that was a really interesting i was gonna say yeah because every werewolf movie is gonna be judged by its transformation scenes this is the first one we get it's there's a lot of tom atkins lookalikes in this movie Tom Atkins is not in this movie, but if you feel like, you're like is Tom Atkins in the guy? Because there's a lot of guys who kind of look like him. But uh, yeah, her Tom Atkins-ish husband. Um, yeah, I thought it was a really cool um, transformation scene. I mean, they they like show the teeth coming out, and then they do the thing where like they cut away, and then they cut back, and then suddenly there's hair. And then yeah, when they like when they start having sex, it's like animated over it or something. It's like. I don't, you know, like whatever they like animate over them or whatever. It looks really cool. <laughs> yeah, it's very inventive before the main transformation scene, you know, because like there is a main transformation scene later on. Uh, that's that's yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah. incredible. Um, they have to give you because that the, the that one, the one we see uh, with 
uh, her husband in the sex scene. That's like right at the halfway point. So it's like, all right, they, they have to give you something, right? Because before that, they're only kind of teasing it. They're not really, they don't really show it to you until like the end, right? Yeah, we see the werewolves kind of like out of frame darting and, and stuff, but we don't, we don't see the werewolves full on. And like, that's what I like about, like some movies won't show the werewolves full on, but this movie is not afraid to show you the werewolves full on, you know? But they, but they do a good job of building up to it, though. That's that tension build up and then the release. Yeah, because you don't really see you don't really see like I said the werewolf until like the second half or whatever, and then even then they like they do a good job of like you know there's not any really bad like glaringly obvious shots of like you know in full light like they do a good job of like you know lighting it well and kind of not making it look stupid basically. Uh, what did you think of the the actual transformation scene towards the end? Yeah, I thought it was good. It was very much like, so when I'm watching it, I'm thinking like, yeah, they certainly, they cut it in a way where they were like, the, it seemed like the objective was to like, show like, like to show how impressive it was, right? Like, we want to, because it was shot, I've, I've seen the werewolf transformation scene from American Werewolf, right? Like, I have seen that part. Uh, I haven't like not, not seen it, but it's shot in a similar way where it's like, oh, we want to show people. Like, we're not only we're only not only we're we not afraid to show people, but we're pretty impressed by what we've been able to accomplish. And um, so, yeah, it's it's like edited in that certain way. It's not because I feel like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like they were trying to show off. They're really proud of what they did. And yeah, it like I said, it yeah, it, very similar. Obviously, like style to American Werewolf. Like, that. yeah, the elongating of the snout, the like literally the facial facial one is because like it's it's two different because these werewolves are like standing up right so like mm-hmm. the traditional like wolfman werewolf but like but they still have the this the long wolf-like snout and ears the, and face, the facial transformation is pretty much the same right yeah the facial one's exactly the same it's the elongation of yeah. the snout um right it's like the and they shoot it in a very similar way you know where they have like they hold on a close-up of the face for a while because like i said i think they were pretty proud of it yeah i i think what's interesting something that that again like um I think the the history of horror was kind of talking about was that like horror and comedy kind of go hand in hand, right? And like Steve, I think Stephen King actually said this too. He's like, most of the time, he's like, if you see a horror movie, um, so when you're watching a horror movie, you, you're like, oh, like you get scared, you know? But then like everyone in the audience will laugh. They'll go, ha ha, you know, like trying to trying to play Relief, it off, yeah. right? Yeah. So um, he says that like that's the main thing that like a lot of horror movies get wrong is that like horror can go with comedy, and I think like. Um, that scene when he's transforming holds on it almost a comedic amount of time, right? Because like it is, it's showing the transformation, and it's like going step by step, and she's just like, "Oh my god!" Like frozen with fear, you know. Like as mm-hmm. an audience member, you're supposed to be frozen with fear too. And then he finally transforms, and then she just darts out of there, like she's gone, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Like he doesn't even like pose a like a threat. To, like he's a threat to her, obviously. But like, yeah, I mean, she's like, she's like, oh, let me stay and watch this, right? Yeah. Or like, and um, she just waits until he transforms. Is really nice, and then she gets out of there. She gets out of it almost immediately, right? And I think that's like something that Joe Dante does really well um and in his films specifically is like this horrific thing that like will linger too long and then it'll like cut away or something you know you know kind of just be like all right we're done with that now you know um 
it's a it's a great great movie um i think like the werewolf transformation scenes are all good i think the fact that there's so many of them is terrifying too um fact that they're all like most of the time in werewolf movies like the werewolf is the victim Mm -hmm. but one thing that i really like about this is that they are the killers that like no he does it because he likes to do it he likes killing and the sister his sister right the one that sex with uh Wallace's husband in this movie. Mm-hmm. She does it because she likes to she likes the to, to give into like the bestial nature, right? Like there's a lot of like mm-hmm. stuff iconography within her uh it's it's the um yeah it's she's the classic like witchy woman, you know, yeah. of the uh, like they have it, you know, it's like an updated version of the gypsy and the wolfman movie, the um uh, the universal one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah for sure. And it's like she kind of relishes the kind of relishes the uh like then they they all do like the the ones that are like kind of dissenters are relishing the bestial the bestial nature right he's a nympho <laughs> that's yeah. what he says yeah <laughs> um but yeah it's really it's incredible i think one of the most incredible scenes too is the it's when she's trying to get away from the wolf and it's a it's a kind of a side character guy the wolf is mm. chasing after her and she like cuts off his arm and he yelps and runs mm. away like they're like obviously like the wolves are like immortal right like they do have the like, like i said they have the the uh you know uh, ability to regenerate and like not be killed until unless it's like a silver bullet right but like she cuts off his arm and like it turn it starts trans like the arm starts transforming back into a human but the arm that was really interesting um and then he like he shows that he's got like a stub you know when she uh yeah when when she meets him again but yeah uh i think like overall like it's an incredible werewolf movie where like it's another one where like the werewolves have control of the transformation too so it's not Mm -hmm. like it's not like they transform in full moons you know it's like oh like they kind of go through this metamorphosis and they can then they can transform you know um Mm -hmm. at will so uh it's just this horrific like these things exist and they're terrible like some people are monstrous right like i think is the is the point like like because most where like i said most werewolf movies are the fact that like are victims you know like werewolves are typically victims but like in this one it's like oh no like some some people can just be monsters yeah yeah because it goes back to i think i like said this jokingly earlier but i was like you know, the real monsters are... Because it's literally from a true crime show I used to watch where it's like... Or no, it's like a podcast, I think. Where it's like, the you know, the scariest monsters are... You know, they're not monsters at all. They're just your neighbor, right? They're just regular people. Yeah. Which is a very scary thing to say. And let me tell you something. Um, Don't tell your grandma that when you visit her for Christmas. Uh, she will not like it. Uh, they, Your family's... I know you're trying to help, but... They're not going to appreciate that. Just leave it alone, okay? <laughs> yeah. But... Um, that aside um yeah like uh yeah obviously you said it is certainly like a a metaphor you know like i said it's to me it's like the platonic ideal of like an 80s like you know it wasn't like it was a good it was a very good like very like i said you know 
conventional like 90 minutes but it was like the platonic ideal of like you know a, a theatrical horror right like it wasn't three hours you know it wasn't like it didn't didn't overstay its welcome i guess but yeah and then you know i think the practical effect it's so funny because i think i might have mentioned this before but like um for the thing the remake they actually shot it with practical effects and then the studio told them later hey this is gonna look dated so we're gonna replace it with cgi and of course that's what they think right they're, basically if you're not using the latest cutting edge technology that it's gonna look dated and uh obviously the irony is that uh cgi uh, cgi arguably arguably like um maybe not arguably anymore but it, it certainly ages worse sometimes than um mm. bad cgi ages worse than bad practical effects yeah. and um yeah so and then also yeah whatever you know but yeah i thought the practical effects in this like i said i thought they held up pretty well like to yeah, scrutiny, sure. you know yeah i think like and that's you know it's interesting like that scene with a uh, girl who comes to try and help Right, mm. is with the where when he when she gets face to face with a werewolf is terrifying mm. he's just like such a weird like he looks like a you know kind of like a rat you know like he just looks like the traditional like like we think of him as a werewolf right um he looks like that and he's just he's incredibly gr- like they're gross like all the werewolves are gross you know i think like that's what's interesting is they're all like they're all like bestial you know it's like they're all they're all terrifying because like there's so many of them too mm. like in the in the final act when you, there's like a final hurrah like people are vindicated with with the the silver bullets right um it's uh there's a final hurrah of like oh shit like this guy like they're like yeah i put down the gun before you get hurt you know and then he's just like mm-hmm. starts unloading on them and they're like oh my god like this guy can kill oh, us I, I thought it was really funny because yeah it's the scene at the end like um homeboy has the rifle and uh they don't they you know they they don't think he has silver who the fuck has silver bullets right yeah so like they don't think he has the silver bullets uh so they're like oh yeah shoot me if you and then he shoots him and they die but it's so funny because even at the end where like he sees that like the protagonist she sees karen he sees that she's in trouble and that these are werewolves he still is like back up like he's like back away or i'll shoot it's like motherfucker kill them right yeah. but he's still doing this playing this little game where he's like now nah, i swear to gosh darn freaking crackers that you you know cracker jack if you freaking you know step one thing freaking you know i'm gonna you know it's like dude just fucking just shoot him dude like stop like stop uh killing yourself over it right yeah he gets uh, a couple but yeah he's like yeah, I mean, he eventually kills them, but it's like, come on, do you should have. He sets fire to the pop, barn. Pop, you know, that's that's a that's a great yeah, yeah, scene. Yeah. That's an incredible scene where they're all transforming. Oh yeah, that was great. Yeah, and they're like busting out. They're trying to bust out the barn, and like one of them busts out the barn. He's like, I think the most incredible werewolf, um, like of the of the ones that aren't like the main werewolves shot is like one of them like sticks his nose out and he's like he's like a he is like a dog like trying to get out like he's just bushing his head like trying to like nose his way out of the barn and i thought that was a very interesting uh interesting shot yeah they're all like banging and yeah. they're going oh, oh, oh. That, that, that was great yeah because yeah i love that i loved um whenever she chopped his arm off mm-hmm. uh and it's like a you can see they're using a practical arm it, it looked like i said it just looks cool it just looks 
it's just like a real thing, right? Like it's like it's yeah. you can't imagine some like uh, I don't know <clears throat> whatever. I, like I said, I, it bums me out. Like I said, that they, people are just like you know you you can't use practical at all because it looks dated. And again, like is the CGI is gonna look like shit? I'm you know, hmm. um, generally like it, it. Sometimes it looks really bad. Whatever. Uh, not always, but. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily age well, obviously. Um, but yeah, no, like I said, I really like this. You know, um, mm-hmm. like I said, platonic ideal <clears throat> for a horror film. Um, not too scary, right? Um, and you have all of like the classic scenes that you're expecting. You have the like, oh, you have the people, you have, like, the B story uh, of, like, the people researching. The horror plot, the, the, the horror of it mainly is the, the killer, the, the, the main werewolf guy, I think. Mm. I think that's pretty horrific once you figure out, like, how they're, yeah. how he's, like, kidnapping women and filming them and, you know. Like, well, I'm just a brave little guy, so I'm just not getting scared anymore, so. <laughs> I'm proud of I'm you, just, yeah. I'm, I'm just a brave, brave guy, you know? What was the movie that you told me not to watch because I would get too scared? Smile. Okay. I'm going to watch it. Watch it. Comes- You're going to be yeah, such it- a brave, brave little boy. Yeah. The howling isn't that. No, I, I agree. It's not like it's a good, it's a really good horror yeah, yeah. movie, though. Like, it's a really good, like, it's very. No, yeah, it's a good story. It's a good, like, I don't know. It's just a good, like I said, it's here. I don't want to say like by saying that it has a basic foundation that I'm like trying to shit on it at all. Like, no, it's very clear. It's very clear storytelling. It's very classic storytelling and it works, right? Like storytelling is a ritual. We all go to like enjoy it and they give you, that's what I was saying. Like you have like the main like Karen plot, but then you have the B plot of like the, uh, her colleagues, like, you know, they go to the bookstore and they do the investigating and, it's got that you know, really good, they're like that really good character actor guy. I'm not sure his name, but he, the guy who owns the shop is the guy who owns the shop. He's a, he's gremlin. Oh yeah. He's no, it's the guy from, uh, I was specifically thinking small soldiers. <laughs> like I was like, Oh, it's small oh, okay. soldiers guy. Like he's the, he's the delivery truck driver and small soldiers that helps, uh, yeah. helps him out. Yeah, they're like, what is this? What are, what are these toys? Like, you know. Yeah, but but he is in Gremlins. That's how him and John Joe Dante. Um, he's the neighbor. Um, in Gremlins. Yep, he is indeed. Um, uh, trying to think of his name. I don't know his name. Dick Miller. Yeah, yeah, he's he's incredible. He's I, I love seeing him show up. He's just like he's really like literally every time I see him, I just immediately think of Small Soldiers because that's like legitimately Small Soldiers is probably like. 25, 30% of my childhood <laughs> was watching that movie on repeat. Yeah, yeah. Um, Another wolf man in that movie, right? Archer. It's kind of a wolf guy. Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I guess final thoughts? Yeah, just final thoughts. Like, like, uh, like we were saying, it's kind of hard to talk about because like, it's literally like once you once you talk about it, it's like basically just spoiling the entire thing. You know, it's really hard to kind of, yeah, yeah. it's kind of, it's kind of hard to, you know, it's not hard to recommend as a movie. Cause it's like, like you said, it's literally like the platonic for me, it's the platonic ideal of a werewolf movie. It's literally like, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it's a, it's an operating on, on different allegorical levels. Like the wolves are, you know, mm-hmm. the, the effects are really good. Um, you know, you're genuinely like, 
uh, even if you're not scared, you're like scared for characters, right? Like you're. It's still, it's still like tense. Like there's not. It's not. You know. It's not like. Like yeah, it's like oh yeah, I'm scared, but you know, it's like it's more like a ooh spooky, like you know, fun scary, I guess. Yeah, for sure. It, it, you know, it's not like uh, we always talk about like people who say like the Exorcist isn't scary or whatever, right? It's not doesn't you know? It, of course, it's not scary now, but like it's disconcerting, right? There's like elements of it where you're like, oh okay, like <laughs> that's not it's chill. creepy as fuck. Yeah, you're like that's not chill. You know, that's exactly how mm-hmm. I feel in the howling, you know, it's not, not to that level, right. There's more fun stuff in the howling with the practical effects and see, just seeing like a filmmaker who's good at making films, make a, a werewolf movie is a, is a good thing. I think, I think we should have more of it, but that's my final thoughts as a four banger. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, yeah. Like I said, it's, uh, it, it's like, yeah, it, like it's not a movie that you're like, you know, going to be like, oh, I'm going to take some chick to watch this and she's never going to talk to me again. You know, it's like it's a fairly like uh, mainstream, you know, film or whatever. Um, yeah, I um, I guess my final thoughts would be, yeah, everyone should watch it. Uh, made a shitload of money when it came out uh, comparative to its budget. Uh Sad. I, I, do you, have you listened to Joe Dante's podcast at all? I have. I just I can completely blank on the name of his podcast. But yeah, I've listened to his podcast because he gets like a lot of interesting. Um, he's got a lot of interesting fans and stuff come on and talk mm-hmm. about um, movies that they really you know they love. Um, he had that. She's a Flanagan girl now, um, but she was in Doctor Sleep. She played Wendy. Mm. She played Wendy Torrance in Doctor Sleep, and she's an incredible, incredible actress. But she was on his podcast, and I was like, "Oh, so there are like actors out there who uh, love." Oh, it's a uh, what is the? I forgot the name of it now. But they had Bill Hader on to talk about his favorite movies. Yeah, it's a good podcast. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and like I said, you know, it's a very like thematically strong movie, but it doesn't like doesn't hit you over the head with it it doesn't like make you be like this is what the movie's about you know but it's all there for you you know if you want to like dig in or whatever but it like i said it's nice nice and subtle uh yeah joe tante's the man um do you like are you a gremlins fan dude am i a gremlins fan i'm so i'm a huge gremlins fan yeah i love that movie okay cool yeah i love but yeah 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 i love I love, yeah, I love the first. Well, I mean, there's only the two, but yeah, yeah, I love both of those. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're both great. Very different, very different, very different movies, but yeah, both are very like awesome on different levels for me. I didn't really grow up with them, but I grew came up. to watch them like later in life. Yeah, yeah. I, I grew up with Joe Dante, really. I, I really, um, mm-hmm. in terms of like just the two, two big movies when I was a kid were uh, Small Soldiers and Gremlins. You know, I, I would watch those on repeat. Mm-hmm. I love, I, I, Always talk about my favorite my favorite puppet is uh you know uh is the is mogwai right is the little mogwai but gizmo he's like one of my favorite film characters <laughs> love i love Grimm yeah Lose. yeah uh, small soldiers i feel like we're gonna do an episode on that soon i watched it in theaters that was the last time i saw it i guess 1998 or whatever um but yeah yeah um yeah, I mean that was yeah, great way, great way to like wrap that up. Um, like I said, uh, I I hope we do the small soldiers one soon. Maybe we can do like a small soldiers and like gremlins gizmo. You like gizmo, so I'm sure you like Baby Yoda, right? 
Yeah, sure. We'll we'll go with that. You just uh, you're just you just love Baby Yoda because you're like, oh, that's Gizmo. No, I'm just kidding. It's a ripoff. He's evil. Don't don't look into his eyes. If you look into his eyes, he can see into your soul. I'm talking about Baby Yoda. <laughs> but with that, we're gonna wrap up the first half of the pod. Please join us on the second half. Um, it, it's gonna be fun, like it always is. So, but it, I promise it won't be too spooky if you're scared. It'll be a little scary. Okay, I'm lied. Okay, but yeah, please join us on the second half. See you in a minute. What's up, you little devil children? You little satanic minions? Doers of darkness? Uh, I'm just kidding. I love you guys. I love everyone. I'm not that scary. It's just that it's Halloween. Anyways, with that, let's get into our second uh, film of the double feature. 2000's Ginger Snaps, a Canadian film directed by John Fawcett. Matt, I'm going to let you take the lead on this. Uh, Explain this movie to me. What's up? And now I'll tell you what I... Because I know you have something... You had some story, I think, that you wanted to talk about with this movie. But I I want you to give your thoughts before I, you know, give my opinion. Because I did like it, by the way. I said it's not bad or anything, but yeah. I'm trying to think of a story I might have had. I think um, you said something like these. I think you said this movie is like important to you somehow or something or like. Well, so I said this movie is important. I think is what. Okay, I yeah, saying. yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. So I was initially recommended this movie. Um, I think we talked off pod about this. Yeah. But front of the pod, Shipmaster Flash recommended movie to me because he knows i like werewolves and i asked him like compile a list and he he said the howling's good he said he's giving me this long list he said dog soldiers is good and then he gave me ginger snap he's like you gotta watch ginger snaps and i said okay so i uh we talked about kind of how werewolves are really like rooted uh allegories for different things it's about the dual side of man it's about the bestial nature of man and typically when we talk about the bestial nature of man with regards to um movies it's always men always men um right typically the women uh horror films are more terms of like this kind of christian panic with regards to horror films so it's a lot of like witches it's a lot of um like demon girls it's a lot of uh ghost women it's a lot of like ethereal because like it's like a male filmmaker right it's kind of hard mm-hmm. to kind of bridge that gap between um it's not hard but it's like it's because like mm-hmm. most filmmakers will 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 see the the kind of like gap between men and women and not want to cross it essentially like i'm not talking about men and women in terms of like sex or gender i'm talking about men and women in terms of like the masculine and the feminine right yeah yeah Um, yeah. werewolves typically like we said are men are allegories for men it's allegories for the bestial nature men Mm -hmm. uh in the last movie we did see a woman kind of tap into that right and 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 her bestial nature came out during sex right of course so it's like Mm -hmm. it's like a sexual thing for it's a it's a it's a rage thing for men it's a sex thing for women typically in in these movies 
Ginger Snaps is a really important film because it's literally about female puberty, which is a uh, mm-hmm. it's about it's a it's an allegory for a woman getting her period. Um, for the first time, it's um, you know, it's about her transforming into it's about her transforming into a monster, right? Um, and all the Ginger Snaps movies, I think, are very, very important because they are all. I think they're. I think they're all secretly and not so secretly a feminist text, right? I, I really do. I think they're um, credible, or because, like, how many, how many, how many movies, let alone horror movies, are feminist texts? You know, there there are some. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that they're not, but like, it's very important that these movies exist because um, they also show a side to femininity that isn't the traditional side of femininity right it's um Mm. you know ginger right the titular ginger she is uh you know she's more tomboyish she's more confrontational than than traditional yeah it's a very um i guess honest depiction of like uh like it's the ugly sides of being a young girl right yeah for sure um you know, and they have the they have macabre interests, right? Which is very not in line mm-hmm. with um, the traditional Hollywood depiction of girls. And you know, it's like um, it's about film. Ultimately, is important, and I think it's massively important because it's about um, something that we don't see a lot of, right? and that like happened in two in the year two thousand. That like I don't think was necessarily praised until probably like it got reapprised. Um, but like, you know, like a film, like a, a newer film comes out that's about brotherly or sisterly in this case, love. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, you know, it, it kind of gets overshadowed. People don't go and see it. And I think this movie is important because it is, it's a, it's at the core is about um, sisters who love each other. And it's this werewolf tale as, uh, as the werewolf as a victim your body's transforming, right? It's this horrific thing that occurs. Um, and it tears you apart. It tears you from the person you love the most. You know, it's, it's a horrible, mm-hmm. horrible thing. It's literally like the nth degree of puberty, right? It's like, it's, again, this terrible, horrible uh, metaphor for drifting apart and like, you know, um, the, the, feeling like a monster so yeah, yeah it's a growing up getting four and a half up. four and a half for me i i think this is a damn near perfect movie um mm. i love the sequel even more <laughs> mm. i just before this episode um re-recording um told you to watch ginger snaps and someone was like actually ginger snaps is one of my favorite horror sequels ginger snaps mm. too um one of my favorite horror sequels and i decided to, to watch it and i i think it's yeah it's i could i would probably write a couple of good long essays about about these movies i, I feel i have a lot to say but what but before i get too too in depth what what about what about you oh yeah yeah for sure like i said definitely like one of the things i saw about this movie was that you know it does have a cult following because it is because of its like very you know feminine overtone like it's very like you know uh strong themes of like feminism and stuff and um 
Yeah, it's like a three and a half, four for me. I, I liked it a lot. I don't want to sound like I didn't like it at all. It um, it definitely like if you were to just watch the first ten minutes of this movie and turn it off, I don't think I would like it. Right? It like because it is. I mean, I give it, I give it some credence. Like, I, I, I whatever. I give it a pass because it's two thousand, right? It's Canada. It's two thousand. This movie's over twenty years old. But it does do like it, it, you can see the like Heather's influence, you know. It does this sort of like almost like proto Diablo Cody thing, and they don't really do this for the rest of the movie. That's the thing is like when it starts out, it's very much like you know the in your face like oh we're like you know sad and depressed girls, and like I don't know. But what what like grounded it for me was the scene. I think it's like ten eleven minutes in where um they talk talk to uh, they start talking to their mom, and she says that like um. You know, they start talking about cramps and, you know, tries to talk to her about her period and stuff. And, like, that for me is what grounded it in, like, a reality. And then, yeah, by the end of it, I loved it, right? Like, I was, I totally bought into it. It it does, like I said, I there are people out there who I know will watch this movie and not just, you know, you got to stick with it a little, right? Because it is, you got, I mean, again, it's 2000. It's, you know, it's you know it's a you know like oh my god you know it's like a little you know like but it's also that style right it's kind of elevated it's kind of camp in the way that heathers is right Mm. um yeah it was a four it was still a four star for me like i said i thought the themes and stuff are really great um but like this like i said it it, you know it's a really good story like i said it's just you know i guess i don't know what i don't want to i don't want to attack actors right but it no, it's kind of like I guess maybe the biggest drawback for me was it wasn't like the you know you know whatever it was like a really cheap you can Canada. like can, I, I'm trying yeah I don't want to be mean dude I, I don't want to be mean but like that was probably the thing that took me out of it the most but other than that like I said I mean it's a four banger for me as well you know yeah um I think like yeah it, it, it's like maybe the actresses. You know, like in this movie, because you know there are kind of young mm-hmm. actresses who haven't done That's a lot. I, I, don't, I don't want to attack them. Yeah. yeah, I just think that like if you take into like and obviously this shouldn't matter. Um, it should be kind of universal. But like even if you like if you take into account like you know it's a werewolf movie in the two thousands in Canada yeah. and. It's like these most people's most of these people's first movies, and like to pull off this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's really impressive. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that kind of boosts it up in in my in mm-hmm. my mind. But um, also I wanted to talk about um, like I said, I could talk about the themes of this movie all day. Probably, mm-hmm. it's a, it's I think it's a very thematically rich. Yeah, that um, I definitely well, agree that that was the strongest part. Like I said, it's just a little. Like I said, and again, I'm I'm saying this as a person who, like, I'm telling people to stick with it, right? Because it, it, like, mm. they don't really it, the ending of the movie. It's like a complete. It's like he literally became better filmmaker as the shit went on, right? But yeah, by the yeah. ending, I was like fucking totally invested in like, yeah, again, maybe you know, like I said, I don't want to sound like I didn't like it. It is a four banger for me. Um, yeah, so I like I said, I just think, you know, stylistically, I don't know. There's some people that like if I was like, hey, you should watch this movie, they'd be like, kind of like what at first, but you know, because like I said, it is very like Heathersy. It's very like, uh, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, what, whatever. People know, people will know what I'm talking saying if they saw the movie, right? But I think maybe it's also is 
is that a bad thing necessarily? Because um, I mean, we it's a have different a lot kind of, of style. Yeah, we have a lot of. Um, I mean, we have a lot of similar male movies, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think maybe. No, no, no. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there should be. Yeah, no, I'm not, no, saying, I'm not I saying anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just saying that, like, I think a lot of um, a lot of maybe the the fact that it didn't it has a cult, it has a cult following is yeah pretty um pretty explanatory of you know it's like whereas like an American Werewolf in London doesn't right it's like a it's like mm. a big horror movie um I think that does have to do with and, and again I'm not saying that like I I think it's a bad argument when you say something is sexist but I do think it has something to do with the fact that it's two female leads there and, is something to that yeah because like I don't know yeah like um like I said, even when I watch Heather's and you're like, fuck me with a chainsaw, I'm like, eh, you know, like, again, I think, do I, I, I'm honestly, I'm just going to admit it. I think Diablo Cody, like, ruined my brain, right? Because she, like, <laughs> she took that Heather style and just did it to the most annoying degree. So anything, and I should also say, the reason why I cringe a lot, too, is because, yeah, I do see myself in a, pretty much every character in this film. Like, I'm like, oh, I'm that guy. Oh, I'm that girl. Oh, I'm that girl. Oh, I'm that guy. Like, that was literally yeah. the whole movie. But yeah, so I, I, I get, I'm just trying to preface my, like, I'm like seeing like, look, it does, this is not like, you know, I guess typically like the movie I would like, but yeah, I know, like I said, I was like enraptured by the end. Yeah. And can I, I just want to talk about to the fact that this movie is very, is sympathetic to the mom. I think is incredible. Yeah. I think that's astounding. Like, I mean, I don't know very many movies and you could probably tell me I'm wrong or an idiot yeah. or whatever, but like, I don't know too many movies that are about teen angst, right? Um, where the mom shed in a different light is shown in a different light mm. at the end. No. I yeah. It, I think that's an incredible, yeah. incredible, um, incredible thing where it's like, no, she is looking out for her daughters and she knows, right? Like, mm. and she, you know, I, I think like talk about the the movie like as a you know not just thematically, but in terms of like what actually happens. But mm-hmm. I think it's in- incredible because she offers to leave with them and, and to mm-hmm. shelter them uh, against her like husband. They're, she's like, "What about you know?" At the end, she's like, "What about dad?" She's like, "He won't get it." You know, like mm-hmm. he doesn't get it. He won't get it. It's fine. Like I need to protect you guys. I think that's incredible, right? Because like at first she's like kind of a bumble. You think she's a bumbling like mom character of mm-hmm. any teenage girls. Like she doesn't understand, but she does. She completely does. Like that's the that's the most incredible character transformation no, over. It's a film, really good. You know? That that was actually one of like my hangups was that she like I think the last time we see the mom is when she's like, um. She's like looking for Bridget or whatever. Like uh, sure. the fact that I remember, she's looking for both Bridget and Ginger. Look, the fact that I remembered the characters' names is like, look, I don't generally do that. Okay, <laughs> like I, that th- th- I that should tell Who you how much though? I enjoyed both of these movies. Well, I people used to make fun of me because like I remember, I think I was in high school and I saw like the born I, I saw the born identity, and like I was talking about it the next day, and this guy was like, I think it's really funny how Steven, instead of being like. Oh, Jason Bourne did this. He's like, oh yeah. Then Matt Damon kicked his ass. <laughs> You're like, that's, nor- that's normal. That's not. That's not like a. That's not a weird thing. Like that's just kind of normal in in watching movies. I, I find um, most people's experience. But uh, well, it's it's uh, normal to us. 
So we should normal with most. Yeah, it's normal with most people. I mean, like I think. <laughs> yeah, I but, think, uh, but I think but, Hit but, Factory. I think Hit Factory had a post the other day that was like said. Uh, like I hate that argument because like sometimes I forget Michael Clayton's name. <laughs> like he's like mm. George Clooney and Michael Clayton. Do you remember when George Clooney did this and Michael yeah, Clayton? Yeah, <laughs> like his name is Michael. Yeah. Anyway, um, get back to the horrific uh, right thing of uh, puberty. Yeah, I, I think like so. This movie, like above all odds, right? Like against all odds, right? This movie kind of rises above. Um, mm-hmm. to, for me to to love it and think it's literally it's probably literally a masterpiece because, um, like you said, there's so many things working against it. It's like the acting isn't necessarily great. I think it kind of solidifies in the sequel that um, these two actresses were just young, um, younger actresses at the time. Um, think they do incredibly well in the sequel. It's uh, Emily Perkins as Bridget and Catherine uh, Isabel as Ginger. Um, Right, they're it's like they're they're the, obviously the two main characters, yeah. but uh, yeah, I, I think like this movie, like the where, because like I said, my, this isn't my favorite type of werewolf. Like this is my least favorite type of werewolf. Right, is is the werewolf presented in this movie? It's the werewolf that's mm-hmm. like a big dog, right? It's like okay, like you know, it's not necessarily yeah, yeah. Sca- like if you could just kill it, but like a werewolf is literally like secondary it's like Mm -hmm. really on the fringes of like doesn't matter like werewolf is just the the vehicle for story and these themes to come out and i think that's like exactly yeah i think that's part of it and and of course the werewolf design is incredible um in this movie i i really like the design of it um like a big bear wolf hog thing it's very cool looking, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I think the transformation, because, like, it's not, so in this one, right, it is like puberty. Um, mm. The werewolves don't transform at full moons. They don't run in packs. They don't, you know, um, really do anything normal of, like, a werewolf. You think, like, it's, they're not vulnerable. Like, you can just kill them. Um in this one it's literally humans are uh, bitten and if they survive the attack of a werewolf they get like an infection essentially in their in their blood mm-hmm. and what happens is they will slowly transform and then eventually they'll just turn into a beast right like they'll turn into a mindless beast and it's like that's kind of like there's no transforming back it's like you're just a beast and, and they don't know what's going on right like they're kind of like it they think maybe silver might work it doesn't they think like all this stuff might work um but this movie in particular so like begin with like it's it's like the you know it's the uh, the two sisters right bridget and ginger Mm -hmm. and they're kind of like like you said they're kind of they're depressed they do these like murder they're extremely goth they have like a (laughs) they have like a whole like um suicide pact and stuff yeah, they have this suicide pact and and uh, essentially in this movie um what happens is they're uh they're walking in the park and ginger gets attacked by the beast right the beast is like going around and he's killing dogs right they don't know why mm-hmm. we never, and we dogs... never find out like the origin or who it is it doesn't really matter 
No, we don't even see it really. We see the no, remnants no. of it. We see, yeah. so it gets attacked and, and Bridget kind of, you know, batters it off of Ginger and then it runs away and gets hit and gets killed, right? Um, mm. It's this giant thing. They're like, oh, he, you know, it's dead. But, uh, yeah, so Ginger starts transforming and, and she starts going further away and you see that the transformation coincides with like her burgeoning sexuality, right? So she... So the reason it attacks her is because it smells that she got her period, right? And obviously, like, mm. she gets her period, and then the next day she, she becomes a werewolf. It's not too hard to kind of, like, track sure, the, yeah, where yeah, the yeah. metaphor and the allegory is going. <laughs> um, but, again, one thing that's, like, shown in this is that, like, the bestial nature, right, is, like, sexuality. It's, like, she's coming in her own. She's becoming, like, yeah. you know, a, like, she's becoming, like, an object of desire for the boys, right? They're kind of like, oh, like, you know, they they all kind of prey on her. And mm-hmm. I, I think one of the most prescient things about this movie, um, and I'll talk about the sequels a little bit, not too terribly much, but I think one of the most prescient things about this movie is Ginger's line to Bridget, where she has sex with one of the guys, and mm-hmm. um, she says, um. She says, I'm just a lay for him, right? Like, I'm just like a, mm. like, it meant something to me, but like, I'm, you know, I'm yeah. literally just like, you know, something that he doesn't think about, something, a story for him to tell his friends, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, that she's a crazy, and that's something that she says. She's like, just a story that for him to tell his friends that, like, I'm just the crazy lay, <laughs> you know? It's like, yeah no no deeper connection there and it's, it's well, that, terrible uh, yeah thing. i mean that that was i mean people you know that thought was around at the time no for sure i'm just saying that like uh I, and i'll exactly say why but no one but was like, putting it in but no one was putting it in movies right yeah no it, it, i mean it was it probably was i'm just saying that like um well, and, and i'll just get right into it but one of the things that's most interesting about the all three ginger snaps movies is that not only are they about like, you know, female sexuality and and um, female power and and all these things, but it's it, it, but it, it, a lot of them have to do thematically with um, the masculine force coming into contact with the feminine force, and not only that, but like the masculine force being antagonistic towards the feminine force. So, mm. like one of the things, I'll, I'll just say this in Ginger Snaps too. So like, uh, go see Genders. I highly recommend it. It's a it's a mash. It's a great yeah, movie. It's, it's one of my Shutter, favorite. Everyone, everyone should subscribe to Shutter and everyone should watch Ginger Snaps. It is a like I said, it is an it's it's an amazing like if you're trying to learn how to make movies, especially this is an amazing film. Like it is. I'm sorry, I feel like I came in really like cold on it, but I and I didn't want that to come across. Like I said, I just if if there are certain people listening to this and they're like, you know, I, look, just listen, just trust me. Whatever, but yeah, no, I think, like I said, because it, it, I think it starts out really like, kind of like strong and in your face, but like as the story goes on, it seems like Fawcett trusts the story more, right? Whereas the yeah. beginning is like, oh, I need to have, you know, quippy dialogue. I need to do the character, you know, I need to, but like I think as it goes on, again, you literally, it's cool to see like someone kind of develop as the movie goes. And again, of course, they obviously shoot it out of like, um, out of uh, order or whatever, but like, you know, just to like see someone kind of grow as the movie goes on. Like it is, it is cool, you know, and I will, and I will watch the sequel. Yeah. I, I 
I think the sequel, I think Ginger Snaps 2 is literally a masterpiece. I think it's like one of the best movies I've seen in yeah, a long I'm still, time. I'm stoked, dude. I'm stoked to watch it. Because like I, don't I said, wanna, it, it I don't is, wanna, again, it's I don't, Canadian, it's 2000, like, you know, be cool. Like, I don't want to like, I don't want to hype it up too much, but like, I think literally, yeah. so like, so, so, so I'll just say that like to, um, so, so, so again, watch Ginger Snaps in the, the ending of this one, Bridget does like actually do the pact in blood, right? She infects herself with the werewolf, um, curse, right? The, the virus, whatever you want to call it. Um, and two is, uh, starts off with uh bridget on the run i'm mm-hmm. gonna spoil too much of it but there is a male werewolf that she keeps that is coming after her um mm-hmm. and she doesn't know, like you know it's not explained why until later but one, like i said one of the things that the, these movies do so well like i said especially the sequels like really flesh out is that there is a negative male influence like masculine influence brushing up against female influence where Mm. ginger is shown in the movie that her hormones right she's going crazy like and it's like obviously like a metaphor for like women are hysterical they can't control their emotions right like Mm -hmm. and she's like he's angry and and there's no outlet for it and and you know like all the authority figures in her life are you know kind of not there for her and 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 the men are like oh she's insane right like literally they think that she's insane and like you know later on the the um the guy that she has sex with is starting to become a werewolf right um mm. and he's just like kind of simply and aggressive but like he's not met with oh she's you know he's crazy right like there's no like he's literally insane right it's just like like bridget kind of tells him to calm down but there's no like he doesn't have to skip school because of uh you know because of his mm. quote unquote uncontrollable rage and everything he's just like he's like hey this this and he calls her he's like hey this bitch gave gave me something right like i'm gonna yeah. <laughs> where the fuck is she i'm mad you know i'm gonna show my anger and he's allowed to right whereas uh ginger has to literally hide in the movie so i think those are very like i said very prescient very important themes and i think the uh i think the sequels really really once you like after watching the third one there's only three of them after watching the third one i think like it's uh really solidified as like okay these are like the great (laughs) feminist horror movies yeah no like i said when i i saw this movie i called following and i saw that like you know it's feminist themes are like a big reason why and yeah like i said like I don't know, man. Like, even if the acting's not even what, like, there should be more movies like this, right? There should be more like movies where, again, like I said, I I, I was literally talking about last week where I was like, you know, I, it's weird that they don't do more feminine, where you know, uh, werewolf movies where it's like a you know a girl or you know, um, I don't know. I just think like the whole idea of like transforming, like changing. I don't know. I think it's like rife with like subtext i think there's a lot of stuff you could do with it you know there's a lot of different allegories you know like um you could do as far as like with werewolves and stuff yeah and i think they're totally underutilized because obviously we all know like we've all lived through like the the zombie and the vampire craze but we've never really lived through like a werewolf craze 
Yeah, I think um, <clears throat> I think the fact that they're so werewolves are so thematically dense might actually. I mean, vampires are too. Like all, all monsters, a lot of monsters are thematically dense. But I think like the fact that w- the werewolf can change and shape shift is is pretty funny. That that like I think it can allegorically change and shape shift as well to kind of meet different things. Um, I think they're not. It's probably hard now, especially because I mean, the last werewolf movie that came out was a movie that I saw that was called. Uh, uh, I think it's called The Cursed. It might be Cursed, but that movie is awful, right? Mm. And it's one of the reasons why it's awful is because it's um it's CGI, right? And I think that's you know this yeah. this this time period was one of the last bastions of practical effects and aware like that's one of I think that's one of the reasons why people really like Werewolf by Night, um because it's a it's a suit, it's a guy in a suit, right? Like mm-hmm. they CGI yeah, him. Yeah. They CGI them sometimes, but it's CGI used in in conjunction with practical effects. And I think like well, it, like you said, it, he basically looks like the Universal Wolfman. He looks a little bit like Dracula as well. But like it's like they don't shoot like they shoot it to it to a to a point where it's like um like the you know they like hide the shadows well. You know what I mean? Like it's not like mm-hmm. they don't just give it away. I guess. Yeah, and I think um, I think werewolves aren't necessarily as um, easy to pull off in CGI or as easy to pull off in practical uh, modern audiences as maybe like ghosts are. You know, like demons, ghosts. Like um, we had that big boom of boom of uh, Blumhouse movies that came out that were kind of like they were, and everyone complained that all the horror movies just became jump scares because it's all like regular audiences wanted you know mm-hmm. um i don't think like i think the the most interesting aspect of a werewolf story isn't the werewolf itself i think it is the themes right and i think that's probably and i don't mean to i'm not trying to insult like audiences intelligent when i say this but i don't think modern audiences care that much about <laughs> themes or deeper meanings i think they are very well, um terms of like our in terms of horror movies at least like they they're well that that's that's not fair i i think like yeah because a lot of, of i think in terms like of the monster whole reason movies why people like uh, elevated horror right because mm-hmm. the yeah, themes you, and you stuff has to be thematically strong to be like it has to have some some sort of theme yeah i th- i think that maybe the yeah, that's probably not a fair assessment, but like, um, I, I don't know. I just think that there's a reason why werewolves aren't necessarily as a uh, made werewolf movies aren't nearly made as much. And I think it has something. Yeah, yeah, to do yeah. With, I think it has something to do with um, a combination of factors. And I think like the fact that uh, practical is is more interesting in werewolf movies is the big ones. Yeah, and like I said, you're not gonna like. Like I said, uh, you're not going to get like a good like practical effect unless it's super indie or something. But you know, even like then, it's like ah, oh, just be cheaper to do this. I mean, it all comes down to money, and that's what's really depressing about it. But yeah, I mean, this movie, I don't know. Yeah, again, it was like right at the end. Like, I it maybe I it was also an indie, right? So like he probably couldn't have 
afford CGI at this point. I mean, it's weird because at some point CGI was expensive and then at some point it became cheaper. So this is probably around that time where it like switched, I guess. Well, the two, the two movies um, after this ginger snaps um, two and then ginger snaps back to the beginning um, use practical. Right. Okay. And I think like, I think one of the things is that like, yeah, it, it's, and those were in 2004 those two movies came out mm-hmm. um, one came out in theaters and the other this is this is what's really depressing one came out in theaters the other came out straight to video um and i think those are two of the <laughs> credible horror movies i think the sequel I, and I, I put this joke on twitter but i actually i actually do believe this it's not just a joke i think this is if, if someone wants to make a trilogy of horror films mm-hmm. you should watch the ginger snaps movie and literally copy it because trilogy i think a, a good horror trilogy is um premise right which is ginger snaps and premise but trapped in a hospital which is ginger snaps too and it's also um in halloween 2 as well the original halloween 2 and then um there's something terrifying about just being in a hospital after the aftermath of uh, the first yeah. one and then the third one Halloween does this. The third one's just like completely off the rails. But Ginger Snaps is like we're just taking the same characters, the same premise, but we're putting it in the 1700s. <laughs> and I think that okay. it's a perfect like. <laughs> like great idea. I think that's a perfect like horror trilogy right there. Is like the perfect I, setup. I, <clears throat> yeah, I actually have this fictitious uh, horror trilogy that I've conceived with a friend of mine, and I can't talk about it on the podcast i also can't write it or make it and when i tell you about it later you'll be like oh okay i understand why but there is this like project that yeah and we we came up with the first one and then we came up with a sequel and then immediately well actually we came up with two sequels and they were both like based on time travel (laughs) it's a great (laughs) idea dude like i mean i wish more like because again it's like with predator right like We'd seen that in the comics for years, right? Like, oh, Predator versus the Native Americans, you're versus knights, or, you know, uh, uh, Zulu, or whatever, you know, like something like, you know, something out of our time or whatever. And, like, when they find that's why I was so stoked on Prey. I know some people think it's overrated. I don't give a fuck. I think it was cool that they actually made one of the comic book ideas into a movie. It's fucked up that they didn't put it in theaters, right? But I think it was really cool. <clears throat> It was really cool that they did that. And yeah, it's like, it's such a simple thing, right? It's like, like I said, with I haven't brought this up in a while on the pod, but I talk about this all the time in my real life with Batman, right? Like, I'm of the opinion that at some point people will get tired of just seeing people remake the Nolan movies, right? Mm-hmm. It might be 50 years from now, who knows? But at some point people will want something else. Sometimes I think, hey, maybe they'll want like a um, 60s Batman or, you know, what would be a really good, like really easy, simple fix to everything that's going on. Just fucking make Gotham by Gaslight, you know, do fucking like Victorian Batman or like, mm-hmm. you know, um, whatever. I mean, like there is they, something yeah, there's something great, inherently great gimmick. There's something inherently cool about the the Ginger Snaps trilogy and, and like also again, like. I always say this, and I think like it's really important. Um, movies should just be mean, right? Like I think there should be some mean meanness too, especially horror movies. There should be like some meanness, right? But like in this movie, it's like you know, heartbreaking is the ending. It's like oh, 
sucks so much, right? Like it's, you know, mm-hmm. legit going back on her word essentially. Right. And it's like, you could, you don't blame her. Like I would too, you know, it's a, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a it, and she even says in the, she's like, it's just something we said, you know, it's not, it wasn't true. Right? Like, it's, it's not like you said when you had nothing better to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I highly recommend all these movies, uh, all the, sure. the Ginger Snaps ones. And I, I I think like, oh, dude, if I could talk about two, I'm not going to talk about two, but if I could talk about two, we'd be here for another three hours. <laughs> I, I, hmm. I I really I love I love this trilogy. They're they're incredible. Um, you know, obviously it starts with this one, so it's like, you know, watch it, watch the sequels. Um, yeah, it's I guess like. Final thoughts for me is just um final thoughts, yeah. yeah, just final thoughts for me. I just wanted to say that like um this movie uh takes takes puberty, especially like female puberty, which isn't seen that much on screen, and it puts it puts it in the spotlight and it's able to do this because mm it's a werewolf movie and this is why i love werewolf so much it's like it can take yeah. these like heady you know very deep themes these very things like these things that most of the time films won't allow you to show yeah right? yeah like, allow you to explore and it, it allows you to do that yeah it you know look I, I yeah again i totally agree i think that's great um there's also the argument to be had though is like uh because i i've seen an art i've seen someone write about this before but it's basically it's like like should we live in a world where the only way we can get a movie about female uh puberty made is by making it about werewolves or vampires you know what i'm saying like Mm. you know again ideally it would be like oh man we should just be able to talk about this stuff right but it also Mm. is funner you know to have werewolves and stuff one of the things that like but it is like it is a classic horror yeah because yeah you said you've been watching the shutter yeah, so one of the things about the history of horror that was really interesting and a lot of the academics were talking about it is that like mm. um horror movies are great for exploring um these mm. themes, these these things that we don't talk about, that we're too afraid to talk about, you know? And it's like, you know, it can help explore these in like a fun you know, we get scared for for you know, an hour and a half, two hours then we can leave and we can kind of like reflect on these things, but like, um, can show us like these things that we, that we're too afraid to confront ourselves. Yeah. yeah no, I'm, I'm stoked. Cause like I said, I feel like I've been saying this on the pod for a while, right. Where it's like, you know, every, every good horror, like every good story is an analogy, but especially horror, like the, the monster is always a symbol for something, right? Like, mm-hmm. You know, uh, but yeah, no, I'm like I said, yeah, and it's probably because I've been watching all these fucking documentaries <laughs> that you're watching <laughs> now. But, so you get what I've been talking about. You know what I mean? Like, uh, OK, because, yeah, I, I watch this shit, too, too much. But yeah, I'm going to watch two and three probably this weekend so we can talk about it on the next time we record. Because like I said, I'm yeah, I like like. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I thought the main girl, especially like very relatable, you know, like. You know, uh, very relatable. Sure, also, Bridget. like Brigitte, yeah. Uh, um, like uh, also kind of. Um, Ginger was also very relatable as well, though. Just kind of being the fuck up and like, you know. Uh, so, you, like before we sign, like before we completely sign off, and like I, I didn't, want, I, I'm not going to cut you off too much, but I wanted to say what's really funny about 
this movie is when I watched it, um, I was shocked about um, the actresses. I was shocked that Catherine Isabel was in this movie because um, mm-hmm. I watched this really. I was like, okay, I want to watch some werewolf stuff. And I found this TV show. I was like, what's a good fantasy TV show? And I started watching. It. I was like, oh, shit, this movie, this TV show is about werewolves. Hell yeah. So I turned it on. It's a, it was a Netflix like. Wasn't a Netflix exclusive, but I think it was like some weird Canadian show. I was like, Netflix got the rights to stream in in America. Um, it was called The Order, and it reminded me a lot of this show, mm-hmm. this really terrible show I liked called The Magicians. It's not a bad show. It's the, the I, I know The Magicians. Yeah, it was, it was TNT, right? I think so. I don't know. It's a good show. Yeah. It's a it's a good shitty show. I love that show. But uh, the order is like a. It's literally like a the. If you have like Doctor Pepper is the magicians, then it's like Doctor like I don't know what it is like Doctor something. You know, it's like the off brand, uh, the Walmart brand uh, Doctor Pepper of uh, the magicians is the this show called The Order. Anyway, it's about the it's about a group of magicians. It's a magic school, and they're they're they have this order, this ancient order of like uh, werewolves that are after them that like fight the magicians because like werewolves are like resistant to magic, so they've like made this thing. Anyway, long story long, the uh, head mistress of the school is Catherine Isabel, and it was like so when I was like watching Ginger Snaps, I was like, oh shit, she's in that werewolf show as well. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. She's she yeah, was I really think, fun like, it, in that show. I think the only, probably the only actress of people, Mimi Rogers is in this. That's probably the most like recognizable person, I guess, in this movie. Yeah. Uh, also, fun fact about Ginger Snaps. So Emily Perkins, right? Bridget, she's in Ginger Snaps and all of the. She, both of them are both of them are in all of them. But uh, Emily Perkins retired from mm-hmm. being an actress. She sometimes would do like voice work and stuff. She's basically retired now because her husband is like an academic. He's like a film scholar. Like they have kids together. But what's awesome is the way that they the, they met. I was like, this is insane. This is like the dream, dude. Like, mm-hmm. um, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> he wrote. He was writing a book about Ginger Snaps, and he wrote one. Uh, <clears throat> about cult films and, and uh, Ginger Snaps was this book that he was writing about and he met her at a convention and wanted to interview her and he interviewed her and then they went on a couple of dates and then he got married with her and had children with her so <clears throat> literally the fucking dream yeah no uh, yeah and again like I said my final thoughts would be like I said especially if you're a young filmmaker this is another one of those movies both of these movies today I would say especially are like again if you're a film fan versus someone who wants to make movies if you're someone who wants to make movies these are both movies you should watch like um for different reasons but both made on the cheap basically um very different time period 20 literally exactly 20 years apart or whatever but uh yeah i think these are both very like educational in very important ways you know even like um like the shit where she's like eating up the blood at the spoiler alert, where she's like eating up the blood and then she starts to puke it out. Like that was done very like, I don't want to say like real, like, I mean, it's a girl in blood, right? But it's like, it's very real, right? Like it feels real, right? Mm-hmm. 
And yeah, and then the monster, or when her again, spoiler alert, but you, you're you've come this long. But like when her sister reaches final form, I love the monster design of her sister. Uh, okay. But um, yeah, yeah, and like I said, it. I thought it was cool. I thought like the whole like. When I thought again, spoiler alert, but when it was going to end with her joining her sister, I was like, "Oh, this is a great twist." But of course, you know, she like fights back and stuff. But yeah, it's a cool movie. Everyone should watch it. Uh, like I said, I'm gonna watch the sequels this weekend. Okay, uh, yeah. And with that, Matt, you want to wrap us up with any uh, final parting thoughts? Like I said, uh, everyone should watch uh, Ginger Snaps two and three. They're on Shutter, right? I'm not sure. I know for a fact that they're on Tubi with ads, but uh, if you have ad blocker, okay. they're on Tubi without ads, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or if you know how to torrent, you can just watch all of these for free and what? never pay for media ever. <laughs> the last thing that I do want to say before we tease next week is that um, it's a shame that these movies aren't easily available on physical media. Um, oh, yeah. Ginger Snaps 1 is obviously like in, I think it's in, might be Scream Factory or Shout Factory. It's in a boutique. Um, mm-hmm. One, but two and three, which honestly you need to watch all three of them, but two and three are really hard to find. Um, oh, I, wow. I ordered because overseas they have a, and I'm hoping to God this works on my PS5. <laughs> so they, mm-hmm. most of the reviews were from the US. So I was hoping, and they're like, it's great. It works. I'm like, okay, perfect on PS5. I'm like, okay, great. But uh, I ordered the trilogy on, on Blu-ray. There's a box set that like, Oh, okay. Overseas has. So I'm not hundred percent sure if it's going to work or not, but I was like, you know what? Like I already, I love these movies. I, you know, mm-hmm. if I give the ginger snaps franchise 30 bucks, like I've already seen them. And if it doesn't work, yeah. it doesn't work. That's completely fine. Um, yeah, with that being said, yeah. Um, yeah, next week we have a very special guest coming on. He's our yes. good friend. Under the Kyle. pod. Yeah, Kyle, uh, Agnesol. Um, mm-hmm. He's bringing us two uh, horror movies that we haven't seen. Um, Japanese horror, J-horror movies uh, mm-hmm. by Kiyoshi Kurosawa. It's uh, Cure and Holtz by Kiyoshi Kurosawa. Not the remakes now. Not the mm. remakes, but yeah. Um, very Not excited. the Wes one, yeah. Very excited. Um, again, History of Horror actually ironically talked about the Wes Craven one. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, not, it's not that. It's Kiyoshi Kurosawa's uh, Kira yeah. and Bolt, so which are two movies that we haven't seen, so we're excited to talk about them. Yeah, no, like I said, just don't watch the fucking... It's funny because, like, I saw someone post on uh, Twitter. They they were like, oh, I, wa- I just watched Pulse, and it was the Wes Craven one. I was like, man, I hope that, like, someone didn't recommend them the original version, and then they watched the Wes Craven. And then, like, I can just imagine the fucking sitcom, like, fucking uh, conversation that happens after that, where it's, like, the one person who watched the Wes Craven version and the other person who thinks that, like... They watch the Kurosawa version, and it's like, God, that was a piece of shit. And they're like, what? She's like, <laughs> yeah, that was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. She's like, really? Like, yeah, it was, oh, God, that was just a piece of shit. Like, how did you recommend that to me? Naomi Watts, who, who the fuck? <laughs> Why? Yeah. yeah, exactly. But yeah. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It's going to be great. Uh, you stuck with us this long? Thank you. On the Sabbath. This is scary. Uh... 
break it. We down. love you, I guess. Yeah, thanks, guys. Oh yeah, we appreciate door. it. Again, yeah. highly recommend. Go watch Werewolf. Oh Werewolves deserve door. more love. So. Yeah, werewolves are cool. It sucks that we can't make them anymore because they're always they're just gonna make like you know, shitty CG werewolves. But uh, Werewolf by Night was pretty good. Maybe they'll make more werewolf Hey, you can't ever predict what happens tomorrow, you know. And it's like they said, you know, nothing lasts forever. My hands turned into paws. I growled and I roared, and my rabbi did as well. It was a rocking werewolf zoo at Temple Beth Emanuel. Hey man, where'd you learn all these Jewish words? My manager, Harvey Lemmings. Werewolf vomits first. Spooky, scary. Boys becoming men, men becoming wolves. I don't. I, I just don't think this. The idea of the song can sustain itself for that long. It doesn't. It seems a little sweaty now. So this whole premise is sweaty. We have reception at the Lachman Country Club. They served a real nice brisket and an eight-foot party sub. I danced with my cousins. I got money from my folks. We had a lot of fun making circumcision jokes. Uh -uh. Then I remembered the premise of my song. I was at a nice reception, but the werewolf part was gone. So we pulled ourselves together and we're wolfmen again. Just in time for Monster Fight to begin. No. All the country club employees were brain sucking pack. Who had all turned into zombies and were on the attack. No. So we fought them and some Draculas and Frankensteins too. Cause you gotta love Bar Mitzvah even if you're not a There's no such thing. They were Bar Mitzvah. Be scary. No Boys becoming men. Men becoming wolves. Where will Bar Mitzvah? Cool. Airy boys becoming men, men becoming wolves. I don't want this. I don't like this. This is scary. Turning into werewolves and stuff. You know? I don't know, Trey. I'm not feeling it. This ain't no dick in a box. Mazel tov.